Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning, the middle, and end of all we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In real time, we are recording this on a beautiful snow day. And there's nothing more joyful than a snow day. (laughs) So grab a cup of tea wherever you're at or other beverages, chocolate milk. Mine's uh, made by an Earl named Gray. And enjoy (laughs) the Deep Waters podcast. Straight in. <laughs> Come on. Hey there, Jace. Hi there, Benjamin. Oh, Hayden Crab. Hey, Den. Hayden. Oh, I get that oh, one a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so lame. Yeah, actually, didn't occur to me to do that ever. I missed the boat, but it makes sense that Hay is in your name. A lot of people have discovered that before me. Yes, yeah, two beautiful images that pair well. Hey and Den. It's, mm. uh, it's oh, great. Wow. <laughs> Is that why your parents named you that? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In case you haven't met him, listener, we have a wonderful friend and member of our church, Hayden Crab on with us today. I wish I had one of those like applause button, like wow. the soundboard where it's like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly, kind of exactly. Our listeners probably doing that already if they know who he is <laughs> or if they don't, it's just the spirit doing that in them. That's how mm. I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hayden is an incredible human that we're going to get to learn a lot from today. We wanted you to be on the podcast today, Hayden, for a number of reasons. Mm. One, you're the a great example of a person who does not work at our church and is completely integral in like the mission and vision of who we are at Riverhouse. Wow. I feel like every place you go, you carry a servant's heart to love other people with the love of Jesus. Uh-oh. And I know you've been a youth leader for a long time, so I've gotten to hang out with you and minister alongside you in that context and see the junior high and high schoolers just freak out about how amazing you are. (laughs) And I know that you've been heavily involved in young adult ministry and even led a house group. Yeah. In that setting. Yeah. For a bit. And recently you've done some like overseas schooling ministry schooling and mission work and um we're in a little bit of a like missions and evangelism series last week we had an interview with danica the executive director of riverhouse global and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the future we're going to hear more about that kind of thing but we thought you'd be the perfect fit for this series wow um yeah so anyway Thank you for giving us your time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel, wow, beyond honored. I could <laughs> sit in that glow, that compliment for a little bit. That's fun. <laughs> We're just going to take five minutes of silence for Hayden to sit in there. <laughs> just receive that. <laughs> okay, let's say someone is like, I've never heard of Hayden Crab. I'm not involved in youth or young adults. And this podcast was just suggested to me by some algorithm. Right. I live in Connecticut. <laughs> Praise God. We've made it through the algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Keep> growing. <laughs> Hello, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, uh, will you just intro yourself a little bit? Like, where are you from? Yeah. Have you been a Christian for very long? <laughs> some of that, how long have you been around Riverhouse? Some yeah. of those basics. Yeah, Your full absolutely. and unabridged testimony. Yeah. Go. Here we go. <laughs> you have 12 hours. Man. <laughs> well, first I feel like I should say like I, part of the reason I'm feeling so honored is because I really just feel like normal churchgoer. 
Hmm. Like, I feel like that's not to discredit normal churchgoers because normal churchgoers are filled with the Holy Spirit and powerful. Praise God. But like, I think that's where I am like coming into this. So, so thank you so much for letting me be here and share my thoughts. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, I, uh, I grew up here in Boise actually in Nampa shout out to Amsterdam <laughs> um, and uh, you're a local Namponian <laughs> yes Nampin I think a Nampin is a Nampin yeah Nampin. all right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I grew up as a Christian my entire life from age as soon as I can remember just loving Jesus Come honestly on. like yeah even just like <laughs> encountering it, him at young age like it's so amazing how children wow. like they just say oh jesus is with you always and you believe that you know hmm. um the unfortunate thing is you grow older and culture and society and everybody's influence really says like oh yeah miracles don't happen they just kind of you know speak you out of that and so that was a bit of my testimony is just kind of fell into just normal, lukewarm Christianity. I was going to church, but honestly, I came to a a low point, I would say, in high school where I didn't even know if I was, like, I didn't even know, like, was God real, you know? Wow. And uh, it was like, am I saved? Well, I go to church, like, I'm pretty good. I think I'm saved. And that was like my understanding at like 18 years old, um, which like why shout out to all the youth that are listening. I'm just constantly amazed by them. So that's a little side note. (laughs) They are amazing. We have deeply spiritually mature youth at our church. It's amazing. (laughs) Thank you, God. Amen. And uh, I found River House about six years ago at this point. Okay. Um, and I was on this journey of really seeking truth. And I like had grown up in a, you know, stand up, sit down, three songs, 20 minutes kind of church, you know? <laughs> and so River House just like pushed every button in me <laughs> in the wrong ways. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> it really made me super uncomfortable. To be honest, I thought everyone was fake. I just thought everyone was faking it. Like mm-hmm. this is a show, this is performance, but something about it just kept me coming. And I think it was also like pastor Jordan's, uh, messages really just that he was talking about stuff that I hadn't even thought about yet. It was just like in depth. Wow. And, um, so I kept coming, but yeah, um, I would have like, at that point, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you like, this is the gospel. Like mm. I didn't even know it. That's how wow. I was when I came to river house. And were you a college student at this time? So yes, when I found river house, I would have been a sophomore in, um, sophomore in college. Okay. Sweet. Jesse Oliver found mm. one of my best friends, Taden, and, uh, at a coffee shop, told him about River House. <laughs> so, yes. oh, isn't man. that amazing? That is so good. I didn't realize what that. What a testimony! Honestly, the, yeah. what a simple little thing that that like an invite would yes. make a friend, and then a friend of a friend, yes, come and lives would be changed as a result. Yeah, I, I like. I don't. I almost don't want to skip over that because that convicts me making me want to invite more people because i like you said jesse oliver for me it's casey levens whom many of us know invited my brother when my brother was just like laying in a hammock in the park at camel's back to go to church with him and it changed like my whole family's life wow (laughs) that's so good anyway not to get into my testimony but that's significant Mm -hmm. no absolutely (laughs) and and that's why i bring it up actually is because i kind of wanted to share a bit of like where I was to say that I really feel like a, almost like a son or a child of River House hmm. in so many ways. Um, and the Lord was moving through so many people in my story. Um, but it, it started in many ways up with meeting River House, hmm. you know? Um, 
and for whatever reason I just stayed and <laughs> you know I, I was uncomfortable yeah. but the spirit must have had a hold on my heart you know and um, I stayed and it just slowly began changing my life and not to give too much credit to River House the Lord was speaking in so many ways yeah. and um, yeah brought me in in so many ways and began revealing his realness to me in so many ways mm. but anyways all of that to share i felt super connected here i began to just see the realness and the love in everybody and began actually my very first serving was i served in kids and uh, just watching preschoolers it was so uncomfortable for me but it was i felt like i should and so i did it and uh then I really got plugged into young adults back in the day, college ministry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, that was really where I was for a while until um, our young adults pastor, Britt, really um, saw the leadership in me and asked me to step higher. And um, I started le kind of leading in different ways. And I think about the same time, actually, I started serving with youth as well, which I had no clue that it was going to bless me as much as it mm -hmm. did, but uh, ended up serving in youth right when I graduated college and have been there two years now. Mm -hmm. It's just Come been on. a wonderful, wonderful journey um, wow. through all those things. Shout out to our various ministries. I don't know how many people listening feel like they're not plugged in mm. but i think that's just an important thing to point out you're not only describing river house as a sunday gathering mm. but you're describing it as a community um with servants and being plugged into kids was something you pulled out before we even asked like how you volunteered you went to talking about your volunteering at the church because it was an important part of yeah. your involvement at the church uh, for me that's totally a part of my story too. Um, so totally. I, I think it's worth mentioning if anybody listening wants to be more involved at the church, but hasn't found themselves in a volunteering role yet, mm. that's an incredible way to do that. So whether it's kids ministry, young adults, youth, set up teardown hospitality team, mm -hmm. uh, worship team, one, one of these and anything else totally. too. Yeah, yeah. please please find a way to get invested. I'm so. glad you said that. And just to also point, it's it's something you don't accidentally fall into, really. Mm. You know, it's like you have to make the effort to reach out and say, hey, I want to be a part of this or I want right. to this, give this a go. Yeah. And then like we've kind of talked about, you know, it's uh, grace isn't opposed to effort or uh, yeah, earning, it's, it's a, opposed it's a, Yep. Sorry. You got mm. it. Grace is opposed to earning. It's not opposed to effort. Yeah. That's mm. the line. Is that what Dallas Willard said? Something like Something that. Something like that. But I just, I like that. It's kind of been a theme of the podcast too. It's like, it just takes our initiative to get involved and get plugged in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Please. You talked about when you first came to River House, this feeling that everything was a show, emotionalism <laughs> or fake. What? Yeah. Can you talk about like the heart process of like seeing the authenticity? Like what took it, what was that process like for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, everything's a journey is the first thought that comes yeah. to mind. <laughs> um, I almost don't want to say this cause it's almost insensitive, but looking back, I was in so much pride. Oh yeah. Like so wow. much pride of, I, knew what church was and I knew what that was. And I, I think almost maybe the first couple of times I stayed, it was to prove it wrong, yeah. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. you know? Um, but I think it's just, I think trust is built on so many small interactions. And I think that's really what it was is small interactions of people actually meeting people. And I've heard this testimony from other people as well. I don't think this is unique to me, but once you actually meet someone, you have a positive interaction. It's like, Oh wow, that, that person was really nice, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if you get the chance to like actually hear someone's heart, like really have a more in-depth conversation, you see the genuineness, um, and you see the realness of it. And, uh, that, 
definitely took a while for me. It definitely took a while. Um, and we were just talking about feeling included. Actually, one of the first like areas where I really, really felt included was about seven or eight months after first finding river house, I did journey to wholeness, Hmm. which is the three day. It was three day Mm -hmm. conference. Um, kind of just, you know, around wholeness and, uh, that's where I really felt like I actually met people like really like first saw their hearts. Um, and slowly by slowly, like I just started seeing people's genuine hearts and love for the Lord. And I even remember having these thoughts of like, why, why do they worship so wild? Why do they go long? Like, and eventually I just came to the conclusion, what's different about this church as opposed to others that I may have been to in the past. They just really, really believe it. (laughs) They really believe it. Like they really believe that Jesus came, he died, he raised from the dead and he is with us till the end of time. And, uh, once I like realized like, wow, that is what's influencing everything is a deep seated belief that the kingdom of heaven is far more important than whatever we could do here in this natural world. Um, that really changed things. So that's great. It was the people. Can I ask, were there, um, were there any encounters that you had, you know, using maybe mm. some river house charismatic language? Mm. Did you have any encounters with the presence of God sure. through worship that made you start to think about that worship space specifically, um, as more authentic and less emotionalism than you realized? <laughs> Such a good question as well. Um, honestly, I don't know if there was. Wow. That's a testimony. Honestly, I think it is. For it to be mm-hmm. the people and not I like think so. just an encounter. I think like as far as spiritual awareness goes, I was about as dead as a doornail. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like some people say like, oh, I walked into the church and I just felt the presence of God. That was not me. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't like... I am sure there was moments when I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I came in as such a baby Christian that I didn't know that God spoke to people mm. until probably two or three months into the first finding river house even. Um, and I think it just became authentic to me once I saw the hearts of the people. Mm-hmm. And that's when I wasn't afraid to jump in myself because honestly, like, how I would be the one dancing and going wild at a dance party, you know, mm-hmm. not, not like a sin. We would like, I went to NNU, we had Christian college. We'd throw like fun Christian dance parties yeah, and totally. I'd, you know, I'm the wild one. I would be out there making friends and being very charismatic in that sense. And so it just came all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, like actually most authentic for me in worship is to be a little more expressive because that's who I am as a person. And cool. It was weird. It was awkward. If I can just talk about worship for a second, please. Oh man. It was so weird for me. Like I had, I think I had maybe raised my hands once and this was around the same time in worship, like just raised my hands. And that was about as crazy as I had ever gotten, you know, it was like both hands in the air. Like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Holy spirits moving. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time I did that, like distinctively because it it felt like a huge faith step to put my arms in the air. (laughs) A hundred percent. Isn't that funny? That is so funny. I mean, I remember that too. It's like, it's a big moment. It is surprisingly because it feels so small in hindsight, but Hmm. totally. Whoa. Okay. Cause now I think of you as a person who's like up in the front arms in the air, jumping and like <laughs> dancing around a bit during worship. Totally <laughs> expressive because I just see the love of the Lord and the love for the Lord on you. So good. Spilling out. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> and it hasn't always been that way. No, not at all. <laughs> I, uh, it seemed, I think like every next level, if you'll, if we can call it that, was really just the Lord was like, I don't know if we should call it that. No, I mean, yeah, no, it's fine. I think people get it. Cause it's a, it's like a next level into authenticity. 
Yes. Which I like. And authenticity could look different Maybe for every knee. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Let me just yeah. say. One hand, two hands, swaying each, back and forth. Yes. <laughs> new expression for me was just this realization that, Lord, are you worth it? Because honestly, I was very, oh, wow. very insecure at that point. Like my thought was probably not on the presence of God. It was like, what are people thinking around me? Mm-hmm. And it's like slowly making this decision over and over. Like, Lord, are you worth it? Worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, are you worth it to jump right now? And I even remember one time, like this is a ways into this, but in the very back of the church and I felt like the Lord said, just like, and I was kind of dancing cause I was at the back and I could kind of do my own thing. And the Lord said, just run to the front and just dance. Whoa. And then, you know, three songs go by as I'm like wrestling in my heart about this. <laughs> you haven't moved. Heart pounding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, finally, as like the final song's ending, I just sprint to the front. And that was, and it was, Lord, you're worth it. Oof. Like you're worth all of me. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah and then like the songs awkwardly ended and i was just in the front <laughs> <laughs> you like bust two moves and then it's like silent you're like oh dang it <laughs> the transition person's up there and you're like oh i was just getting started totally <laughs> but yeah i love sharing that too because people do sometimes like stereotype me as the like, oh crazy charismatic one you know uh-huh. that was not at all who i traditionally was that was a surrender and a sacrifice to the lord because he's worth it. Mm. Oh man, I love hearing testimonies like that. And I also always want to like bring the caveat that that's what your authentic worship and surrender looked like. Mm. And that that's not exactly how it needs to look for every person. I know some people's testimonies are like the inverse that they're moving around so much sort of out of a heart of performance right with the desire to look spiritual and then in their heart realize oh actually what i need to do is sit down and submission to the lord showing him that he's worth it is going to look like me being totally still in body right now and i've heard like those feel like such opposite things because mm-hmm. they look so opposite mm-hmm. and but it's it's the heart posture that the lord's after so i just want to name 100%. that in case there's anyone who um, has bumped up against any kind yeah, of frustration. Um, worship doesn't have to look a certain way. The goal is yeah. that our heart is postured towards the Lord in a pure way. That's, that's it. Would yeah. you say that? Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because mm-hmm. that's 100% my, my heart in saying that is not to say that that's why I, I like struggle with like saying next level. Yeah. Actually no, is it's like, it's not that dancing is superior mm-hmm. in any way. True worship is a heart postured to the Lord. Mm. But one thing I do think is true is that true worship is sacrifice. Yes. Um, and that's something they really would have understood as like ancient Israelites is like, I'm going to go worship at the temple. What does that look like? Sacrificing a lamb, you know? Wow. And so like me worshiping the Lord saying you're better than like, my current limitations was sacrificing my pride by dancing for him. Um, And for some of you that might be, Lord, you're better than the attention I'm getting from dancing. I'm gonna sit down, you know, but it's a sacrifice in the heart either way. Mm -hmm. That's good. this question at one point in that little story you shared that you heard the lord invite you to run up to the front and start dancing which seems to demonstrate that you're hearing the voice of the lord and a little while before that you said you didn't even really know that the voice of the lord was something you could hear when first coming to river house um is there any insight in that journey that you are willing to share? Cause I know myself and doing youth ministry and just ministry in general, um, <laughs> it's one of the most common insecurities Absolutely. that I bump up against as a pastor is how do I hear the voice of God? Yeah. I don't hear the voice of God. God doesn't speak to me. Um, yeah. Do you want to speak to your own journey with that at all? Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> That's a classic question. <laughs> You're taking me back here years back. I love this. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think the Lord really had to show himself pretty clearly at the start mm. um, because I wasn't willing to risk. But uh, I'll just even share this little testimony if it's okay. Like my very first like hearing the voice of the Lord is I had just been in a really kind of tough conversation, just like a conversation about a lot of problems in the world and just kind of left the conversation and I started praying. Um, I was like, Lord, this is crazy. Like, and I feel so insignificant to solve all these problems that we were just talking about. Wow. I feel like an ant in this big world. And I literally thought that thought. And right as I thought that thought, I looked to my left and there's a car that has its license plate on it and just says, God's bigger. And it was so like instantaneous yeah. that I was like, whoa. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, good. Oh, okay. That solves yeah. that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and almost, would you say that in that moment in your spirit, there was a confirmation that the license plate was being used by God to speak to you? Sure. I wouldn't have had that language, but sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it was the suddenness of it that was like, wow, God is speaking. And I think he had to be kind of abrupt to like, get me to see like, you're real. Um, mm. You're talking from there it's such faith like i think like everything i have to say to people around this topic is like the lord is speaking and you do hear him mm. take a step take a step of faith and what that looked like for me is slowly slowly over the time feeling like the Lord saying stuff like run to the front, you know, and actually doing it and feeling the peace that would come afterwards, you yeah. know, like that in, for me, the peace that like f f comes knowing like, you know what I did, what you were asking me to do, like was like this confirmation for me that it was like, yes, I did things right. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the heart pounding Jace, mm -hmm. like that's so true. <laughs> that is such yeah. a thing. Um, one thing that I don't necessarily believe this is completely true, but I do think it's a good kind of starter pack, you know, baby plan <laughs> is, uh, if you get a thought that you really don't want to do, but it's good, that's probably God. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, that started to happen to me time and time again, where a little thought would pop up, uh, go pray for that person or like, just go talk to that person. Yeah. And, uh, same thing. I'd be like, walk down the street and then like mm -hmm. turn around. Cause it is still like agging me on. And that became an indicator as well. Is this like, does this thought, uh, maintain itself with me? Does it sustain in my mind? And, um, so then I would go do it if it was yeah, like a thought good. that just kept coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I even like began to tell the Lord, I'd be driving down the street and I'd get a thought like, Oh, pray for that homeless person. And I'd be like, Lord, you know, I'll do it. Just <laughs> confirm it. And sometimes the thought would slide away and I'm like, Oh, that must've been me. Oh. And sometimes it would stick and I would go do it. Sweet. But it's always a risk. Like I think it's always a risk. Yeah. Because there really is in that moment, of hearing the voice of the Lord, there is the question, at least in my experience, every time. Yeah. This could just be me. Um, I think there are people who have encounters where they hear the audible voice of the Lord and, or like have a vision and it's, it's like beyond a shadow of a doubt that definitely was God. Totally. I've never had that experience personally, right. but I like that you're exposing that like just the reality of those little moments, because I think what God is inviting us into right there is faith. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to lean on this as if it is me? Mm -hmm. Cause it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want you to step into it without me needing to speak to you audibly or like push you in the back with an angel's wings or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And everybody's experience is so different with this because the Lord is just so personal. You know, that's what mm -hmm. I love. And there's some people that I, they just talk to me and they'll like, oh yeah, I was seeing angels and demons at like five years old. And I'm like, wow, that's great. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not me, you know? Totally. 
Um, but I even just heard this testimony recently of like a Bethel pastor sharing this prophetic word with a guy. Mm. And then a year later, by chance, they like met up and he asked like, was that on? Because it was a risk for him, you know? And it's like, sometimes we think that once you get to a certain point with God, just like hearing his voice requires zero faith. And I have not found that to be true. And I think that testimony points to that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. That's great. That's good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I love, I love that moment of you sitting in the car and the Lord speaking and you saying, was that you? Cause you know, I'll do it. <laughs> and then you go and do it. Have you had moments where you stepped out in faith and it was like, oh, that must not have been the Lord actually, even though I did do it. Um, I didn't have that sense of peace or the confirmation on the back end. Or it was like a word that just like did not, it's like, sure. You know, yeah. Like you you drive a Cadillac. Like, sure. I don't, you know, I that yeah. don't have a car. <laughs> I think, okay. I'm going to answer yeah. this first. I kind of think prophetic's almost a little different, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong on that. But mm-hmm. like, oh, I think you're right. I don't think, and I feel the spirit on this. Like, I don't think I've ever stepped out and risked and wished I hadn't love. That. Honestly, I don't think I ever that have is really good, you know, pound it for that. <laughs> like once again, that was my, your filter in this is always like, Hmm, I feel like I should go murder that person. Probably not the Lord. You know, you filter it through God. Like you filter mm-hmm. it through the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important. Like you, mm. like, what do I know about who you are? But then it's like, Hey, you should actually go tell that barista that like, thank you so much for making my coffee. Like, it's just like, I don't think I've ever done that and been like, ah, wasted three minutes of my life there. You know, like sure. that's so good. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, prophetic. I would say the same thing in many ways, Yeah. but prophetic so much harder. Cause it's like, you do sometimes you just miss it. Like yeah. you absolutely fall flat and you share a word and it's like, well, I missed that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's totally okay. But our human nature does like, like to beat ourselves up a little bit. I think I'm even on a journey right now of being like, I'm glad I risked it. Like, yeah. I'm glad, you know? Um, I think I'm getting to that point, but it is a lot easier to just like beat yourself up yeah, a little bit, I think totally. on prophetic. Um, but once again, like just having that realization that like, Lord, now you, at least now, you know, Lord, that I'm bold enough and like care enough about what you think that I said something that I thought was crazy wrong Yeah, and it turned out to be wrong, but at least, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm willing to do it like for you, God, I'll mm-hmm. do it. You're worth it. That is so good. That's you know? beautiful. Amen. I love that. Like worst case scenario, God is pleased because he sees the posture of your heart. Right. Wants to obey him. Right. Totally. And if that's the worst case scenario, then I want to step out. Win-win for sure. Win-win. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Wow. This is fun. Okay. So recently you got back from a pretty significant trip. Um, I would love to hear like what made you want to go into this ministry school in the first place? Mm. Can we start there? Like, yeah. You have a, you have a marketplace job. You're not in full-time ministry. No. Um, yeah. What brought you to that spot? Yeah, that's really good. So for those that don't know, I was just in harvest school through Iris global um, for the last three months, then that's the ministry school, mm-hmm. which took me on a trip. It's a combined like trips and school is what it is. Um, and this is sometimes I'll just say, we throw out the name Heidi Baker, Roland sure. Baker. It's all related to Iris global. Yes. And yeah, like pastor Jordan and pastor AJ have done harvest school along with others yeah. in our congregation. Absolutely. So yeah, we're connected to them as a church through people like that. Sorry, I totally yeah. uh, no, not at all. Threw you off your rails, but I was closing my eyes to pray. Oh, like, great, Lord! What do you want me to say about that? Um, <laughs> I think I just knew in my heart that um, the Lord wanted like more, or uh, not even the Lord, but like I, the desire of my heart was to begin to pour more into the Lord. Um, 
that's actually like why I took the current job I have is to just like give more to the Lord. Hmm. And, um, that's just my desire. It was my desire. And the Lord slowly kind of shaped that into, okay, I think I should do a school. Like I want to, yeah. I want to get to know you better, Jesus. Like I think a school would be wise. And yeah. And then that was actually confirmed as I was really praying about that. That was confirmed by a prophetic word as well. Oh yeah. I remember that. In front Who of the whole that? church. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was Megan Bailey. Oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story really quick in case people weren't there that night? Sure. I mean, yeah. I think like I was just, this is actually kind of crazy. Like two nights before I just literally laid before the Lord and was like crying out, like weeping, like Lord, like I need more of you. I need to hear from you. Um, and that was just like, ah, the Lord is so faithful to answer prayers. Mm. He's so faithful. It's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's answering prayers. Just know he's answering prayers. And I was blessed that it was only two days later. Sometimes the Lord does not do that quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was just after worship had ended, um, Megan got up and decided to release a couple words. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have a word for Hayden Crab." <laughs> Like, and oh my word, so specific. I know. And yeah. she, she was even like, she said this, like, Lord, I prophesied over him before. Like, I don't want to prophesy over him again. And God told Megan, I have another word for him. Like do wow. it kind of thing. And so she just released this word. that was, uh, Hayden, you're going to lead a Gen Z movement. And, uh, it's going to be marked by power and purity and the Lord is going to take you into a training season. And so you're supposed to do a ministry school for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the word. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that was like, okay, <laughs> confirmed. Like, All right. <laughs> That's yeah. unreal. Wow. Good on you. I just have to say for not only receiving that word, but receiving it well enough to like steward it that you can articulate Mm. all of those details of Megan's word for you shows that when you hear God's voice, you actually want to like be responsible for what he says to you. Totally. I feel convicted by that because I haven't done a great job of that in my life. So thanks for modeling it right now. Yeah. I think I feel like one thing I used to think about prophetic words is they were like destinies. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just realizing that is not at all the truth mm-hmm. because the Lord's such a relational God that he's really like, let's work this out together. Totally. And so it's kind of like, oh, you're a leader or, you know, someone might say that over you. It's like, great. Now I guess I'm a leader. And that's no, actually it's like you have that on your life, but continue to be faithful, continue to press in, continue to grow in the Lord. And then you'll see that that is true. Hmm. You know, like that's going to come to pass. It's not so much like, okay, now I just sit back. It's really like press into that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or did I just go down a rabbit trail? No, it's, it's a no, yeah. really helpful distinction because I, I felt the same thing as if when you receive a prophetic word, it's just news about what's going to happen inevitably in your life. So just be passive and let it happen. Totally. That's not the, that's not what the truth of a prophetic word is you're saying in my experience, I guess a couple times people have told me even I received one little one from Robin Verner this morning. And she said, you don't have to do anything. God will do it. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then I think the person re- releasing the word will be specific about it. Mm-hmm. But even then I think modeled to us by Daniel in the book of Daniel he like leans into a prayer that was a prophetic word given to Jeremiah about the nation of Israel in Mm. exile. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if one of the prophets of old is not just sitting back on a prophetic word and being passive, instead he gets on his knees and actively contends for God to bring the prophetic word to fruition, then it's something we're supposed to lean into. I guess, is that helpful to even bring in some biblical example? I think that's lovely. Cool. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah. And that's so good. I think maybe what I'm trying to say, I'm such a verbal processor that, you know, but <laughs> I just sometimes say things that you guys are going to need to edit later, but <laughs> no, 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 this is great. It's perfect. Um, is really, I guess what I'm saying is like, stay faithful to the Lord mm-hmm. and he will bring all things to pass. Mm. And that seems to be the truth above all truth, you know? Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faithful to the Lord in obeying his voice when right. he speaks. The small things. And yeah, showing up to prayer or scripture study or loving the poor or whatever. Like true religion. Mm-hmm. I was just reading Widows that. and orphans. Yeah. In James. Mm-hmm. I forget which chapter. One of those. Two. I think it's two, but. Maybe. Unsure. That's good. All right. Okay. So God's over here speaking to you. You're like, I need some confirmation, Lord. And then Megan Bailey's like, boom, (laughs) here's the specific word for Hayden Crab. Sign sealed delivered. (laughs) (laughs) And so you go. I go. Were there any other details in there that you wanted to touch before we dive into harvest school? I think that's the gist of it. Okay. You know, cool. Some people needed way, like talking to other students, like some of them had crazier confirmations for sure. But, Mm. um, the process of eventually determining that like, actually, like I feel harvest school is the right choice Mm. on schools was talking with mentors. You know, this is getting into how to hear God's voice again. It's just conversations with mentors, like really just seeking my own heart and really feeling those things out with the Lord, praying through those with the Lord. And uh, eventually just kind of through discernment, I would say wisdom. It was just like, ah, harvest school just makes so much sense. And I went. Okay. Now help out Presbyterian Benjamin over here, because for me, I'm thinking ministry training is seminary and I'm going to get a master's in divinity (laughs) or maybe a master's in theology. If I don't want to go to school quite as long. And then I'll like be ordained afterwards and go into preaching and teaching after that. So absolutely, I'll be honest, before I came to Riverhouse, that was what ministry training and ministry school meant. And then I started hearing more about YWAM and Harvest School mm. and I didn't even have a category to put that in. Sure. So would you, would you help someone like me understand what is Harvest School trying to accomplish yeah. in their students? Absolutely. Cause it's not a super academic experience, right? Like you're not studying totally. Greek and Hebrew and the like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Totally. And how they compare to the Septuagint when you're at <laughs> harvest school. I assume that's something I did when mm-hmm. I was an undergrad. I love that question. And I'm going to get really kind of fired up here for a second. We love it. <laughs> Please. Um, show me in the Bible where there's a single testimony of someone just like learning how to be with God, like out of knowledge, out of a book, like all of it is 40 years in the wilderness or for Paul, it's like 14 years in Asian desolation or, you know, for Jesus, it's 30 years as a carpenter. And really, I think that just gives such an, an image granted there's like levitical priests and stuff that you know trained whatever yes yes absolutely yeah but my point is is that all of this is coming to the conclusion of how do i know god himself Mm. and that is such a different thing than knowing about god or knowing how to study god which are all very useful tools that i like love to dive into myself that can help us point to god but knowing Jesus himself, like actually having Jesus himself is the goal. We're not supposed to know things about God. We're not supposed to know things about church. Um, our goal here is to know God. Mm. And even Heidi writes this, I'm going to steal it from her. Um, what separates Christianity from all other world religions, the very presence of God will go with us. And Moses writes that, I think it's Exodus like 30 something, Mm -hmm. 32. And it's like, Lord, if I go to the promised land, but you're not there, I don't want to go. And he, God responds like my presence will go with you. And all of this is like, 
why am I going to church if I'm not enjoying being with God? Like, why am I a Christian if it, if it doesn't produce joy in my own heart, you know, from being with God himself? And that is, I would say the entire purpose of the Christian walk the entire purpose because i see you know coming from a christian college that offers ministry degrees as if somehow that qualifies you to be a pastor no absolutely not your character qualifies you to be a pastor like your time with the lord qualifies you to be a pastor and uh, that's what iris does is they put you in a room and you worship for 14 hours a day all right, 10 to, 10 to 14, somewhere in there, you know, but wow, it's just such faith that like, you just need to sit in the presence of God, like sit in the presence of God, worship him, learn to seek him. Um, and I even wanted to say as well, like I, the fact that I've done a ministry school means absolutely nothing, hmm. means absolutely nothing. Like, so what if I've done a ministry school? what do I know about God? You know, mm-hmm. cause people can get the badge, people can get the certificate and that somehow means something like to our human standards, like, Oh, that's impressive. Suddenly he's qualified, but no, mm-hmm. not at all. Like show me your character, like show me your love for Jesus. Talk to G talk about Jesus for a minute and I'll know if you love Jesus, you know, <laughs> but like these human things that we put on top of it, are so trivial. Mm -hmm. So I even want to say like, you know, if the Lord hasn't called you down the route that he's been calling me, that means nothing. Like, you know, no path is better or worse. It's all about just like knowing God and being obedient as we were saying to what he's calling you to be. And the fact that I've done a ministry school literally proves nothing about who I am. I would hope more than anything, people would see my life and that would tell them about Jesus, not look at some certificate and say, oh, good, you must know Jesus. Sorry, went on a rant there. Yeah. Beautiful <laughs> distinction. Yeah. God is a person to be known, not like a concept to be thought about. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a wild difference that I think the church has missed a lot through mm-hmm. its history. And... I mean, it seems like the Pharisees missed it. Mm-hmm. Jesus was standing right in front totally. of them. You know, it didn't take much for Nathaniel to bow down and worship Jesus as Lord. And the Pharisees were right there missing it all along. Right. Yeah. So where was their posture of heart? Wow. I like also that you wove in there. It's not like you have to go to harvest school to be like qualified, not even in a credential way, but in a like knowing God way, you can know God and have your character refined by his sanctifying work in the spirit right here in the treasure Valley. Like you never need to leave Idaho Mm -hmm. to encounter the presence of God and harvest school really brought out a lot for you (laughs) that the treasure Valley hadn't (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah, to say the least, (laughs) to say the least. So like, like you just said, would you actually worship for like 10 to 14 hours a day? Yeah. That's no joke. Yeah. What would that look like? I love this. This is awesome. Uh, (laughs) So first, where did you go for Iris? minute or Good harvest question. school. Oh yeah. Is that in Kentucky? Getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, they have a huge base in Kentucky. Actually, if you believe oh, really? it or not. <laughs> oh wow. wow. Praise God. Uh, you ride horses all day long. <laughs> the horse ministry goes wild. That's all I know about Kentucky. Sorry. And it's okay. Fried chicken and bourbon, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> anyway. uh, the school started actually in Israel and then we went to South Africa. Oh wow. And then Mozambique which is where Heidi's ministry really birthed from was Mozambique. Um, and then I personally did like the school ended and I did an extended outreach Mm -hmm. with the school, which took me to Southeast Asia as well. Um, so, (laughs) so you're over here hitting a lot of countries. (laughs) It was cool. I actually, every plane ride I took, I flew West and I just went all the way around the globe. Wow, that's fun. (laughs) That's really cool. Fun little extra Mm -hmm. there. (laughs) Even when you left Southeast Asia, you flew West back to the U S. Yeah. Cool. 
Oh, I like that. That's a fun little fact. That's really cool. So you were in Israel for the first part. Yes. For how, was, how long? We were in Israel two weeks. Oh, wow. We were actually in Israel on October 7th. I was going to ask that. Okay. 23. Wow. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. We're diving into it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the end of our part two part series mm-hmm. with Hayden Crabb. Oh, there he is. He's still here. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> what a this, good man. This feels like a three-part series. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're like, again, like so blessed to have you here, Hayden. And I think um, what you have to share about even your journey kind of coming to River House. And I love what you said about being like a son, a mm. student of River House. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Something along those lines. It was really good. (laughs) I loved that. And so I think um, listeners will really enjoy this. Yeah, absolutely. We have another part that's going to come out next week. uh, As it, as you know, this interview with Hayden was just so full of wonderful things. And so we cut it in half and are saving part two for next week. And in that episode, we're going to talk more about your time Hayden at harvest school and the first part, um, just a little cliffhanger to make you want to come back. Um, <laughs> Hayden, you were in the Holy land on October 7th of 2023 when all of the crazy warfare broke out between yeah. Hamas and Israel. So, uh, we're going to get into that a little bit and into other aspects of course, of your time at harvest school next week. Mm -hmm. So thanks for tuning into this episode. Um, listener, we really appreciate that you show up for this podcast as often as you do, even if it's infrequent. Uh, (laughs) and yeah, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the deep waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.